Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So in the stock market, we've got big news. The S&P 500 is down dramatically today. So let's shoot over to CNBC homepage, check out what's happening, and then see if we can connect some dots and try to figure out what on earth is actually going on. Let's shoot over to the homepage. And here you go. Dow drops more than 400 points Tuesday so far and turns lower for 2023 on interest rate spike. So they're blaming this on interest rates, such as the 10-year going up. And we're going to show you how much they have actually gone up. And then probably more importantly, how this is impacting mortgage rates. With mortgage rates as of today, we're going to get into a chart in just a moment, are the highest they have been since 2000. So think about that. They're the highest they have been in over 20 years. And you say, yeah, George, we've got low supply, low supply, low supply. <laughs> right. But that's becoming, I think, an even bigger problem uh, if you consider lower nominal prices a problem. But more on that in just a moment. So getting back to this first story, Dow drops more than 400 points Tuesday. And again, they're blaming this on interest rate hikes. So as of uh, the time of recording here, down 443 points, we'll have to see where the day ends up. And we've got a chart of the 10-year treasury. This is why they're blaming the stock market and a mini crash here. Uh, 10-year over 4.8%. Wow. Man, it has just absolutely shot up. So the first question that would come to my mind is what on earth is the two-year treasury doing? Because you guys know that we've been watching that inversion like a hawk. And I have always said that, that when I'm going to wave the white flag and say, okay, you know, maybe I was wrong about this thing. Maybe this time it is actually different, meaning that the curve will uninvert as a result of a bear steepener, the long end going up. And you guys know from watching my videos that historically that's never really happened. So this would be a first, and that would be the first indication to me that maybe we're going to have a, a no landing thing here. Maybe this is going to be a soft landing. Maybe this is going to be a no landing type of scenario instead of, the bull steepener, which usually is what makes the curve uninvert, if uninvert is a word. You know, when the curve steepens out, usually it's a result of the Fed dropping rates as uh, to prevent some sort of crisis situation. And so that's what I was expecting because that's what we've seen pretty much every single time throughout history going back to the 1950s. So I'm one of those guys that less likes to keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple, stupid. The, the KISS formula, Right. And I don't like to overcomplicate things. And if something has happened, you know, every single time going back to 1950, and there's a reason why it's happened that you can sit there and think through and say, okay, this is logical. Well, I'm always going to err on the side. Okay, this time it's going to play out the same way. I'm never going to err on the side of, okay, this time it's different because we know those are the most dangerous words in investing. <laughs> I don't have to tell you guys that. But uh, let's look at a two-year treasury real quick here because we got the 10-year at 4.8. And so how close is George to being wrong right now? <laughs> That's the question we need to answer. We're at 4.1, excuse me, 5.14. Let's do a quick refresh here to make sure that's accurate. Yeah, so, okay, so 5.14. So that gives us 20, 34 basis points. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I've got to... Uh, I've got to admit that I did not think that we would even get this close as far as the gap because I got sick last week, as as most of you now know, 
That's why I haven't been doing any videos. And uh, I remember just a week prior, Josh, when we were doing videos back then, we were at about a 70 basis point delta between the 10-year treasury and the two-year. And the two-year you know, pretty much hasn't budged. I mean, look at this chart. Hasn't gone up that much at all. But the 10-year has just gone straight up. And again, that would lead me to believe that that's a result of the, the dollar liquidity issues outside of the United States. But we're going to have to pay very close attention to that dollar and see how this plays out. But again, still inverted. I mean, a 34 basis point inversion is still massive. So I'm not, again, I'm not ready to wave the white flag, but I'll be the first person to admit that I didn't even, I did not think the Delta would this would shrink this much by the long end going up. I thought the only way the Delta could decrease to 34 basis points is if the Fed was dropping rates. Okay, so now getting back to this article, let's keep going here. So Chris Zaccarelli, Chief Investment Officer at In Independent Advisors Alliance, said this is pretty normal. September, October, you usually see weakness. And um, yeah, in October is when you usually get the stock market crashes. Uh, September, you guys know, that's when you get some bottlenecks in uh, repo. I was just thinking about that in terms of the dollar going up. I just thought of that. That's interesting, but we'll have to shelf that for another video. I need a little time to think that one through. <laughs> okay, he has another quote here. The threat to equities is more along the interest rate, interest rate side. We really need to see, we really need to get through this bond sell-off and find some type of equilibrium in the bond market before we think stocks will be able to find a bottom. If, ye, if, if the rise in yields poses a major headwind to equity, according to Alex McGrath, chief investment officer, I mean, guys, this just feels like such a massive rug pull to me. It really does. I mean, I started getting into macroeconomics and kind of studying markets in 2012, but it's like, and then obviously I, I really went in just kind of into the deep end in uh, 2019 when I started this channel. But the more I study this stuff, the more I learn about it, the, the more it becomes just crystal clear to me that the market has one job and one job only. That's to force as many people to lose money as possible. I just, obviously the market isn't a living, breathing entity, but the, if, if, it's, it goes down to human psychology. But the, the market is just going to crush as many people as possible. And if everyone is expecting a recession, if everyone is expecting interest rates to go down, if everyone is expecting the Fed to lower rates, they're, they're, they're not going to do it. But, they, but they'll wait. And obviously, the Fed isn't thinking about this. This is just always the way it plays out. When the Fed starts dropping rates, when equities crash, when the yields crash, when all this stuff happens, it's when nobody is expecting it. Nobody. And the, again, it's that going back to that market, just waiting for that opportune moment when everybody is off sides and then wham, just ripping it. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I still would be surprised, but it's definitely not a 0% probability that the curve uninverts as a result of the long end going up. And then like, as soon as it does, and as soon as you get George Gammon coming out and saying, oh, well, I was wrong, like the very next day, boom, stock market crash, <laughs> Fed drops rates. I mean, that's that would be par for the course. That would be par for the course. Hey, 
Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's get back to this article here. Uh, they're showing how much the Dow has gone down. Okay, we get it. Why are interest rates so important? Let's go over to mortgages. And uh, another article from CNBC here, mortgage rates race towards 8% after hitting a high. And this is as of today, guys, as of today. Mortgage rates race toward 8% after hitting a high not seen since late 2000, over 20 years. Key talking points, the average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage rose to 7.72% according to Mortgage News Daily. Mortgage rates follow loose of the 10-year yield, which has been climbing this week. So at the beginning of this year, the 30-year fixed rate dropped to 6%. This caused a burst of activity. They said this is one of the main reasons that the spring housing market was as strong as it is. But again, strong based on what it, it, it's they, they say it's strong as though we have this massive demand we don't we don't it's just that supply has gone down so much that even though we have historically low demand which would represent a market that's very unhealthy so even though we have this extremely unhealthy market as represented by incredibly low demand you still have prices that can go up a bit or at least stabilize but that's not a good thing. That doesn't mean, you see, people just look at prices. It's like they look at the S&P 500. We were talking about this earlier and just assume that represents the economy. So if the S&P 500 is near all-time highs, they think the economy is fantastic. Oh my gosh, the economy is doing well. <laughs> look at the S&P 500. And it's like the same thing with housing price. They see housing prices have come down year over year in most markets, but they see, well, it's kind of stabilized. So they think, well, well the housing market must be very, very healthy. No, 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 no. Forget the prices for a moment. Look at the supply side. And what's ironic is the supply side is always used for an argument, like a bull argument. Like what? I mean, I, I get the bull argument. I totally get it. And it makes sense. But what they're omitting from the equation is that means that demand is unbelievably low. Unbelievably low. Because if you have supply that low, prices should be going straight up. They should not be coming down year over year, for heaven's sakes. So the fact that they are coming down or they've stabilized in a lot of markets, that means that, that you've got just anemic demand. And that's not good because as soon as you get a little bit more supply, what happens? Prices can go down and they can go down very, very quickly. Now, it's not to say that they can crash. It's not to say that they have like a Black Monday type of scenario where prices are down 20 or 30% in a week. That's not going to happen in the real estate market. But I mean crash. I mean, usually prices take like six years, like the GFC, 2006, 2012, 
to go from their peak to their trough, maybe, and I'm saying maybe, this would not be my base case, but I think the probability is higher than it usually is that you could see that happen maybe over three or four years as opposed to five or six years, something like that. But this goes right back to interest rates going up, which is just so, it just reminds you how complex global macro and the global economy actually is. Let's just assume for a moment that the reason interest rates are going up is because the dollar is going up. So you have all these entities outside of the United States that need a lot more dollars. Therefore, they got to sell their treasuries at the long end of the curve to get those dollars they need. Japan to buy oil, as an example. And there you go, too. you got oil going way up or uh, much higher than it was a couple months ago. On top of that, the dollar skyrocketing. So that would definitely put pressure on these Japanese entities, using them as an example because they're a big oil importer, to sell those treasuries if they don't have the dollar cash flow to buy that much more expensive oil uh, relative to where it was a few months ago. Right. So, so again, think about that. You've got someone in Japan that's having to sell treasuries to get the dollars they need. And because they're selling treasuries, that means that makes the yield on the 10-year treasury here in the United States go up or in the global market. And if the yield goes up, that impacts mortgage rates. Impact If mortgage rates go up, that decreases demand even further, which makes our housing market even more precarious. And so think about that. Go through that domino, that, that, uh, chain of events. It started off with the Japanese firm having to sell their treasuries to get dollars they need to buy oil. And it ends up with nominal price, U.S. housing prices going down. And that's just a, a little teeny weeny example of the complexities of the global economy. But that's what makes it so fascinating. At least for me, that's what makes it so fun. Okay, moving down this article, uh, let's see, to put rates in perspective for borrower purchasing a $400,000 home with a 20% down payment on a 30-year fixed-rate loan. The monthly payment today is about $930 more than it was during the Cerveza sickness. $1,000. I mean, that's a big deal, especially when you think of it in terms of people's, most people's purchasing power has gone down since 2019, even though their nominal wages have gone up because wages have, have not kept up with the rate of inflation. So they're getting really pinched. And uh, that's just another expense. I mean, not only are the, the mortgage payments higher, but your insurance costs are higher. Your taxes are higher. Your utility bills are higher. It's all these things that really puts pressure on the potential homeowner, which makes uh, the low demand really, uh, when, or when you look at the low demand, it makes a lot of sense when you look at it through this lens of all these costs all these input costs going up one of which of course is just your overall mortgage payment so we've got to pay super close attention to the dollar and and what it is doing because we understand how this impacts treasury rates right now at least that's my base case as far as the entities outside the united states selling because they need those dollars and then we've got to just think about all the unintended consequences or all the knock-on effects those interest rates will have on the U.S. economy and therefore the global economy. All right, guys, some crazy times, a lot to talk about. I'm really excited for the rest of this week because I think we're going to have, uh, well, I hate to use the word fireworks, uh, but it seems like we're getting close to the time when we should start to see those if history is any indication, meaning that usually when we get the fireworks in the stock market, as an example, is in September and uh, more so in the month of October.
All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you in the next video.